Welcome to Talking Tolkien. This is part five of our discussion on the Selmarillion. In this week's episode, we talk about the Silmarils themselves. They have finally shown up and the darkening of the Valinor. Uh, basically, this has been a super metal crazy chapter and a lot of interesting stuff happens. And we're just going to get into it right now. Enjoy. <laughs> I feel like somewhere in there, there's like something to do with Jaeger that would make it taste better. Like you render it in some way, and it no, because if you if you like uh, like reduce Jaeger, it just concentrates the flavor. Oh yeah, and right, makes right, it, it's just going to make it more intense, and uh. then you're going to create something that is the worst thing ever. What about we make pulled pork and we cook pork in the Jaeger? No. It would disappear no, first you're, off. You're gross. You know what? Melkor created so Jaeger. The uh, of the Silmarils and the unrest of the Noldor. <laughs> finally. Finally got little gems. Stuff's yes. going to happen. And yeah, so, uh, you know, as we've been saying, we've been like stoking this fire, you know, continuously throughout our For talks. 69 pages. Far. Yeah. We've been saying this, it's, it's all about the Silmarils and the Silmarils are really important and a lot of things happen. And Feanor made them. Yes. Out of like, I feel like the way these things are described, a crazy person made them. Am I too far <laughs> off from that? One? Well, you know, I just listened to that uh, William S. Burroughs podcast today that I sent you, and I know how much you love him. And now I'm imagining like Feanor is this like heroin addled, <laughs> like, crazy person who... taking gems and like cutting them together and putting them <laughs> together. Well, that fucking works. I, I mean, I mean, to be fair, Feanor, we could say that he's like you know drunken by his own. Uh, like power and and pride in himself, <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to read that actually. I wanted to read the thing that described the Silmarils because it was yeah, it was so bananas. It was bonkers. Basically, the I mean, Silmarils are bananas. B a n a n a s. But any who's it? Um, yeah. So the Silmarils have been created, and yeah, they're the most. It's like an ah moment because the Silmarils are like beauty beyond measure. Here we go. All right. Wit beyond measure. <laughs> no, sorry. I, I was looking for a single word uh, midway through chapter seven. And it's like, uh, at once Orome and Tulka sprang up. But even as they set out in pursuit, messengers came from Eldamar telling that Melkor had fled through the... Calicuria, because it's Calicuria, because it's it's K A or sorry C A L A C I R. Yeah, I probably read it as Salisuria. Well, and I read it as Jalagiria because <laughs> because in Turkish, yeah. no, because in Turkish this like just that plain C is actually a J sound, and oh, sometimes linguistics. sometimes I just revert to Turkish. No, because side note here, my uh, this morning my mom asked me if the little bit like the little hopper from my coffee grinder could go in the dishwasher and I said yeah and the top rack and then I was like wait top rack that's a Turkish word it means soil so I'm clearly just in the Turkish <laughs> alright then back so to the Silmarils, Silmarils. alright <laughs> I'm just going to read this part to the very, very beginning of the chapter where it says like the crystal of diamonds it appeared and yet was more strong than adamant what is adamant I didn't quite know that one is that, is uh, that a made up yeah, well, I mean, later on in the Silmarillion, there's actually a, a man who is... He's a man. He's not an elf, 
but he's undying, and all of his all of his wounds heal, and his skeleton is made of Adamant. <laughs> Shut up! I know. I thought that too. <laughs> and his name is Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine. Okay, so here's where the X Men crossover comes. In. <laughs> more more strong than Adamant. And, and, and Professor. Uh, I'm sorry, not Professor sorry. Tolkien. Uh, I'm sorry. Professor Z's. Mag Gandalfnitol from. Okay. All right. It's strong than adamant, so that no violence could mar it or break it within the kingdom of Arda. Yet the, that crystal was to the Silmarils, but as is the body to the children of Iluvatar. Oh, hey, yeah. The house of its inner fire that is within it, and yet in all parts of it and its life, which, I yeah, all right. And the inner fire of that Silmarils Feanor made of the blended light of the trees of Valinor, which is probably the most important aspect yes. of this entire description, Absolutely. which lives in them, though the trees have long withered and shine no more. Therefore, even in the darkness of the deepest treasury, the Silmarils of their own radiance shone like the stars of Varda. And yet, as were they indeed living things, they rejoiced in light and received it, and gave it back in hues more marvelous than before. Which also, like, I didn't realize had foreshadowing of the next chapter. Well, so, yeah, here's the thing that Tolkien likes to do where he gives the macro history and then he gives the micro history. Yeah. yeah. So already we know, oh, okay, the trees are going to perish. Right. Um, but what I found interesting about this is he actually, like, insinuates that Feanor predicted that the trees would perish and, like, purposefully set to preserve their life. Well, because, remember, the trees are kind of, like, they're the most precious thing right now. I mean, besides... They are the light. Besides right? the elves, you know. They're, yeah, uh, they are, they're the light. And, yeah, Feanor is fearing of a time when the light from the trees will be no more, and he wants to preserve that beauty. Mm-hmm. So he crafts the Silmarils. And yeah, I absolutely love that passage that you just read about uh, their appearance because it's talking about... So first of all, they're harder even than diamond. And as we know, diamond is like the, the, the hardest natural substance known to man. Yeah. Um, so they're harder than diamond. They're more beautiful than diamond. But it talks about like... it. it he, he goes into all this extensive detail about the beauty of their outer shell. But that pales in comparison to the light that's contained within them, which is the light of the trees. And then, furthermore, the comparison that he makes to, like, the bodies of the children of Iluvatar, that that, their bodies, and and the elves are pale in comparison to what's inside them, to their inner fire and essence. Which which also, I think, harkens back to the fact that the Valar are, like, non-corporeal beings who, like, choose to take corporeal form Mm -hmm. as this kind of symbolic representation of who they are. Mm -hmm. And then, beyond that, what I find really fascinating is the... Silmarils, not only do they contain the light of the tree, but they, like, outshine them. Yeah. And then this passage, all who d- uh, who dwelt in Amon were filled with wonder and delight at the work of Feanor. And Varda hallowed the Silmarils, so that thereafter no mortal fe- flesh, nor hands unclean, nor anything of evil might touch them. But it was scorched and withered, and Mandos foretold that the, uh, that the fates of Arda, earth, sea, and air lay locked within them. The heart of Feanor was fast bound to these things that he himself had made. So, yeah, instantly it's clear that these things are of utmost importance. And I mean, the book is named after them. Yeah, the, right. bo- the, book, yeah, the book is named after them. But this yeah, is, like, yeah. It, they, they, like they, they hold the key to the fate of the world. This is, this is that moment when you're watching a movie and they say the title and you're like, oh! <laughs> to be fair, this is like the Silmar... <laughs> it's over. Yeah. It's, it's just right off the bat. And the other thing is that the other the thing that's said in them is that they're living. 
well, that they are living things. He, he says he says like they're like, like living things. <laughs> they're like triples. So yeah, so, hyper powerful triples. But the yeah the, the the important thing there is that they take in light, but also reflect <laughs> actually, it back and give their own light. Actually, they're not too far off. <laughs> the, the, the crystalline entity from Star Trek TNG is actually just the Silmarils outgrown. Oh, they have enough. a vendetta for and have hunted down data for. So is the unofficial title of this episode the trouble with Silmarils? <laughs> <laughs> No, see my naming. Can, my naming conventions. Certainly, we can alliterate better than that. What's my, my naming conventions have just been amalgamations of the chapters. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what's 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 a synonym for trouble that begins with S? Uh, <laughs> I'm looking up the a strife. Scat. The strife. <laughs> strife. The, the strife with Silmarils. Or the suffering? No, that's not. Good not, not quite. Not quite suffering. But I, it's, strife is a pretty good. Strife is a good word. That's a good strong word, and especially like in an epic context. Context. I feel that strife is. Yeah. <laughs> or the sickness of somewhere else, maybe. Like it's this kind of endemic, like societal sickness, like poverty. I think I already named this episode. <laughs> <laughs> My naming conventions have just been amalgamate, like just combining the chapters. The chapters, into, yeah. So like this one's already like. Of the Silmarils and the darkening of Valinor. Yeah, which I mean is what is we're, we're going to talk about. pretty appropriate. <laughs> what about the sharkening of Valinor? Sharkening? <laughs> the sharkening. Where, where uh, Orome sends, sends a Sharknado to try and capture. Uh, See, when you said sharking, I thought of like. Never 30 mind. Rock? Were that? Yeah, yeah, I thought of that in 30 Rock. I or... thought about the shark suits from the, the Super Okay, Bowl no, we're not. No, <laughs> every podcast. <laughs> Has referenced that this week. Every single podcast. Okay, it's uh, pervasive. But we, uh, but back re- railing the train. <laughs> back to the Silmarils. Um, so of course, surprise, surprise, Melkor wants them. I right? want those. <laughs> I, I want those. They're pretty and shiny, and I'm greedy. Well, so and, I want them. And as previously established in the previous macro foreshadowing history bit. Mm-hmm. Melkor has already taken claim for inspiring Feanor. Right. Even though these two are like mortal enemies. Right. Uh, and, you know, so, you know, Melkor, since since Feanor, like, totally rejected him because, again, Feanor desires only his own... Feanor wants a strong, independent Valar yeah. who's not evil. Well, Feanor is strong and independent and relies on no one. I must survive <laughs> what I'm gonna make. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> Fanor approximately <laughs> equals Beyonce. Uh, Melkor no, approximately equals Katy Perry. I'm sorry. We are not likening Tolkien's <laughs> characters to wow, any that pop was star. All the Silmarils. All the Silmarils. All the Silmarils. I feel like you'd put a Silmaril on it. Okay. If you like it. But so here's the thing. What we are going to learn is no, that jewels you... and jewelry in Middle Earth are not good things, so They're if evil. you like it, you should definitely not put a if ring you like on it. it. You put a magic ring so, on it. So, in this, the Silmarillion, it's the Silmarils. In the Hobbit, it's the Arkenstone. In the Lord of the Rings, it's, it's the, the ring. One ring. Yeah. yeah. So, and they, sli- they get more dull as they go on. We're <laughs> not dull, you know what I mean? Not like dull as in boring. I mean, okay. dull as So, in- anyway, anyway, like, Feanor starts to, like, he becomes covetous and he becomes selfish in a way that the elves have not yet been. And the Silmarils, like, everybody wants them. They're kind of the first, like, in a way, this is almost the invention of capitalism and that, like, somebody creates desire in other people and, like, withholds it and uses it to, like, generate yeah, power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Feanor kind of becomes power hungry and one of the other elves teaches him metalworking. And Feanor starts, like, creating, like, like armor and swords and, like, becoming really bellicose in a way that we have not seen yet. Well, but also another, uh, the inspiration really for creating those swords, though, began with Melkor is still trying to, like, 
amass kind of an army and get people on his side. So he starts spreading rumors. Yeah, and one of the big rumors was that... Was that Feanor made out with a hot dog? You're not too far off. <laughs> but that <laughs> that uh, that the, the, the Valar love the sleeping men who have yet woken right. more than the more elves. Than and that, that causes and yeah, turmoil. And that that's why they wanted the elves to come there so they could keep them uh, and bend them to their will. And that, you know, the men will be... will have more... More than the elves will. So they have the whole world, and, and, basically. And come to think of it, like if you look in the Lord of the Rings at the strife between Frodo and Sam, that's kind of the internal monologue that's happening with Frodo and the end of the Two Towers, and then throughout the Return of the King. Is like Frodo is like nobody loves. Like, you, sorry, you like? You, does this make sense? What I'm saying? Uh, kind of. Like I mean, it's like pe- people don't actually care about me; they just want what I have. Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. like kind of what's corrupting Frodo, and at the same time, that's like what Melkor is trying to use to corrupt the elves. Like, mm-hmm. the, the the Valar don't really care about you. They just care about the fact that you, like, create great things. Right. And they actually care about these. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like Gerald Tolkien is smart enough and probably intentionally enough is laying in cycles into this work. In that way, cycles are just, cont- I mean, things are similar. Silmarils, oh, yeah. Arkenstone, mm-hmm. Ring, Ring of Power all very similar in that way of like it's just cycles well, just every, keep every going every 2000 years history repeats itself and it's a great gyre <laughs> well history yeah, history exactly. is cyclical and you know it's 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 that age old uh, idea right of those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it right but also just that the, these these themes of like trickery and bending people to your will and uh, greed and all that kind of stuff. It starts way back from the beginning, yeah. and it and it it, it it continues because people are inherently flawed. Well, we are. <laughs> and they all we, seem to be we, very we flawed that. too, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> we, we see that through through these stories. Like you know, people are corrupted and uh, believe what they're told, and yeah, yeah. It feels like this time Melkor is going about things a little bit. Sp- He's being very He's very sneaky. smarter. He's being, he's being smarter he's about being it. He's being smarter. He's being very sneaky because he's, all of this he's concealing from the Valar. He's being Kevin Spacey in House <laughs> of Cards. Yes. In fact, that's the casting in my head right now. <laughs> if we were to cast this as a movie, it would be Kevin Spacey as Melkor. Oh, Lord. Or, I thought he was supposed to be Morgoth at this point. Well, remember, okay, Feanor coins the name Morgoth. Yes. And we were told this like three or four chapters ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah. remember, macro history, micro history. So we're kind of like looking at the point in which like this happens and okay. so remember also Feanor that is actually his like Cinderet name yeah. and Feanoro or something is the is the Quenya name and Kuru Fenway is, is his original yeah, name so like we're kind of like looking at it through this quasi historical perspective mm-hmm. like at the same time you know we talk about um, what, uh, who's a character now that I say this I can't think of it like Dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, like like an explorer. Like, oh, my God. The, the, the biggest one, Christopher Columbus. Right. Mm-hmm. We call him Christopher Columbus. Right. But if there was a prominent, you know, Italian, Portuguese, and American history today, we would call him Christopher Columbo. Okay. And so, like, I kind of look at it, at it the same way as, like, there's this kind of... Uh, Privileging of, high, of 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 history to like a certain point. So right. like like Feanor is not what he was known at this time in that specific like verbiage, um, but it's it's what he becomes known as. All right then. So, well, everybody is pissed off at each other, and they split off and go the different ways, and 
Well, and there's strife between. Oh yeah, I, I missed something because there's that like between Feanor and his brother. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Fingolf and. Yeah, because Feanor is acting like a crazy person, and. Because he's, you know, his brother's worried again. You know, the Noldor. There's like this growing unrest among the Noldor and with and with Feanor as well, because they're they're all suspicious of of the Valar, and uh, you know, everybody's kind of in this. Actually, come to think of it, what's kind of happening right now is is a King Lear situation, yeah, mm-hmm. in which Fenway is Lear and uh, uh, Feanor is what like Regan or Goneril, yeah, yeah, and uh, I guess. Fingolfin is Cordelia. Yeah, that, that that's weirdly appropriate. Uh, I wonder Except, if that's. I mean, Fenway is not like crazy mad, but uh, wh- with, wh- with regards to like the internecine sibling rivalry. What's their dad's name again? I forgot. Fenway. 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 Fen- yeah, that's Fenway. right. Yeah, that's right. Fenway is the dad. And so, also, the park in Boston where the Sox play. <laughs> the. But so, uh, yeah. So it gets to a point. Uh, bad enough that Feanor is like openly speaking about rebelling against the Valar, yeah. which is pretty important because, you know, we, we've talked before about uh, just among the Valar even that rebellion is just wrong and one doesn't speak of it. Um, and so Finway is really worried and he wants to, to, to call a council and then things come to blows between um, Fingolfin and Fingolfin <laughs> and uh, and Feanor and Feanor draws his sword on his brother. Yes, and they're like, "What is that him. thing?" <laughs> so remember how Feanor is associated with like the the first death among elven kind. Yeah, mm-hmm. now he's like the first assault. He's like, well. yeah, and he's oh, like great. on the verge he's of you know two would, for two. would be killing his brother. Um, but then they were like, "No, you need to get you need to get out of here." Well, so then there's like a council of the Valar, and they're like, "We're banishing you for twelve years." Yeah, a slave. So that seems like their their thing to do is constantly we're gonna council. Uh, you're <laughs> gonna go you away, away for a while. Send you away for a while. <laughs> and then he goes off into this place called. Inmate, don't make me send you to the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh. this place called uh, Formenos is that a, now Formenos? I don't remember the exact description of it. In, in well, Fanor. Fanor, like, it, it's in the mountains. Yeah, my, my imagination went to, like, this weird cave up in the mountains. <laughs> well, Fanor does build a stronghold and, a, a like, a treasury there to hide Boy, who ways. else has done this? <laughs> yeah, who else has done this? <laughs> the Grinch. Like the Grinch. The Grinch stole Christmas on top well, of his mountain. Well, uh, there, there was a certain baddie dude who had gone and built a fortress somewhere and built things under the ground that were hidden from the rest of the Valar. Oh, okay. oh, the dwarves. So, uh, Mal- <laughs> Malcor. Yeah. So, and in Quenya, Foreman means. What dwarf. are you on? What is this place? TolkienGateway.net. Yep. Wow. Oh yeah. So, you want to know stuff? Go to Tolkien Gateway. So, in Quenya, Foreman means n- north, and Osto means fortress. So it means northern fortress. Mm-hmm. So Feanor goes, and Finway actually goes with him too. Yeah, and all the sons out of out of love for his sons. Um, Olivia's like, you're a crazy person, but you're my crazy person. Yeah. We'll get through this together. <laughs> so I'm going to go with you. So, you know, Fingolfin, meanwhile, is like <laughs> the king the yeah. king of the Noldor, Noldor for a while. Um, so... This is like this is like a continuation of the fragmentation of the Noldor. Oh yeah, and this is like a big Just split you too. Wait. Just you wait. Oh yeah, yeah I, I can mm-hmm. only imagine. So Melkor uses this time to kind of like drop in mm-hmm. and start to stir up more garbage yes. and to be like, 
Right. What were you about to say? Oh, uh, just that... Uh, there are more lies. Yes. But the, this is kind of important here because uh, Melkor had uh, go, uh, goes to, to speak to Feanor and tells him that his brother is going to try and usurp his power and his, his rightful um, place as the heir to the throne. Right? <laughs> and um, Feanor's like, what? He is? Wait, what? But You're then, Melkor. You're evil. But 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 see what what happens is that Feanor is banished, right? Uh, so we kind of it's it's like but it's it's fulfilled due to Feanor's actions, though. Yeah. So, but then so we have we have Melkor coming in saying like, oh, remember I told you this was going to happen, and now it did. Actually, um, yeah. I mean, come to think of it, uh, this reminds me of the relationship. I know I brought Lear up before, but between Edgar and Edmund and Lear. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really does. Where, uh, yeah, Edgar's like, oh, my brother's a threat. I'm going to create this entire ruse in which he's going to become, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so Melkor is, you know, he's talking to, to Feanor and saying, oh, what I told you would come true did come true. And and he's still trying to get him on his side and saying, like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take you away and give you power and give you land to rule over and bloody blah 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 but Feanor knows that really Melkor's just out for the Silmarils. Which are in this, like, vault somewhere right. in like, there. Like pure them, iron. Yeah, he keeps them locked up in this iron vault so nobody can see them. Because he's becoming more and more greedy about... His precious His okay. precious Yes. Yeah. <laughs> his precious Silmarils. And that chapter ends right there, basically. Well, so... The um, fin- Finways, yeah, is sending. Remember, there's messengers that are sent to 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 uh, um, to Valmar because Finway is worried about Melkor, and uh, Melkor kind of flees, and everyone's getting worried about the darkening, and because darkening sounds like a weird word. Well, that's a, I guess well, there's, there's this kind of like sense of doom, <laughs> and and the way it's like kind of corporeally expressed is that the shadows are getting like shadier yeah and the shadows uh, yeah, are getting longer, longer too like I, I did i did remember reading that that this element that they're describing about shadows and stuff mm-hmm. things are about bad stuff's about to happen and does that mean now we segue to chapter eight we are we are shadowing what happens in the four <laughs> yeah that's right you know like you said like a klingon or something <laughs> now, uh, yeah, I really said it like a Klingon. Now we're on to of the darkening of the Sith. What was it of called again? <laughs> Valinor. 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 Okay. So we have previously established. Hey, I have that same mouse. Uh, that I have that same mouse. We have previously established that the trees are going to fall. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, Valinor gets dark. I wonder what that means. Yep. This moved on to probably what I thought was one of the more interesting. I really dug this chapter. It was so descriptive. Yeah, very descriptive and and really. Like, I have actually. I have a part I really want to read because I loved how it was descriptive. It was. This chapter was like the perfect uh, description of like the doomiest <laughs> doom things that are happening. Also, lots but, of doom. Also, Melkor turns into the villain from Wild Wild West. <laughs> Right? He, he he rides into town on a giant, on a spider, giant spider and messes stuff. Who is this like interesting character who was apparently existed for a very long time since like, the beginning of time? Yeah. yeah, one of yeah. like the first like fallen ones mm-hmm. of sorts mm-hmm. named Angoliand. 
Ungoliant. Remember, we gotta let Chase just uh, Sorry, oh, pronounce right. these things. Because <laughs> I was about to say Unguliant. So <laughs> Which is Unguliant. Uh, this weird spider. It also described as a raven too. Every once in a while, like I wonder if it's like this, like flip flopping of like she transforms from well, she raven to spider, big big ass spider, and she big raven or something. She took she took the form of a of a of a giant spider. That's so raven because that's, <laughs> uh, no. See, I imagine like a hybrid. Like it's like it's like a it's like a spider with a crazy beak. I mean, that's actually not very like. Off it's, the mark. It says like there's a part where it says beak in the description. Well, exactly. yeah, she uses her yeah. her, her beak. Weird, for, freaky beak. Yeah, for, but I mean, for bad things yes. later. But but yeah. So um, is there anything good that has a beak? I mean, like a chicken, I guess. Eagles. Oh right. <laughs> Parrots are pretty cool. They're parrots are pretty cool. They're annoying. They're annoying. So. so. <laughs> <laughs> we should teach, we should get a parrot and teach it elvish. Cardinals are cool. So Melkor has secretly turned and gone south, while the re- the rest of the Valar are out oh, looking literally and, and, and thinking, north, yes. thinking that yeah, thinking that he's gone north. They go to the north and don't find him because you know, unbeknownst to them, he has gone as like. So remember how the Valar can take form if they want to, but they mm-hmm. can also go unseen. That's well, what he's so doing right Melkor. now. So can to- Melkor because technically he's still a Valar. And now we've got this like uncomfortable, vaguely heart of darkness like association of the south with evil. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to this place called Avath- Avathar. Yes. Avathar. The yes. last air thunder. Yeah. <laughs> Avathar, which is in the south, which, you know, ha- have we spoken about the south being like a harbinger of evil No, earlier? because... because like, we haven't. Because remember, the north was yeah. where all of the North was the was evil. Before. Now it's kind of like switching to the south. And I know later on, like Lord of the Rings, it's in the, it's in the east. Southeast. Southeast, yeah. And that's where we meet this crazy spider raven woman <laughs> who's very interesting and does a lot of crazy thing with darkness or just mm-hmm. yes. st- st- like pulling the light out of things and sucking out the light and making these dark... She She's like a black hole spider. It's so cool. She's like spinning <laughs> webs made of, like, made know, of right? dark matter. Well, yeah. like, yeah. Y'all have not seen Lucy yet. No, I haven't. No. It reminded me of something in Lucy that... I'm not going to say on the podcast, but if you've seen Lucy, you probably know what I'm talking about. Actually, it, it reminds me of this uh, this Rene Magritte painting, and it's like like a sunny day, and it's the street scene, but then there's a like a street lamp, and instead of like emitting light, it emits darkness. Mm-hmm. So like everything around this street lamp is like looks like it's nighttime. Well, that's cool. But anyway, so they're like having a festival in Valinor because it's like a seasonal change, even though seasons don't yet exist, and everything is at the whim of the Valar. They're like, well, we're going to. Synthesize yeah, they, they seem just, to just kind of like party because whatever, it's the early days, you know? Days. So not only is there a festival, it's like the greatest festival ever. And then, But before then, uh, Melkor comes to <laughs> Unguliant yes. and says, hey, evil lady, let's, let's be up. evil together. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> and remember yeah. that... Melkor actually had had she was one of the first that Melkor had corrupted yes. way back in the beginning. But then she had rejected him because she wanted to be her own bad master person. And she went down to the south and like festered and, or yeah, something. Yeah, festered and like drank all of the light 
because that's what she does. She feeds off of light and constantly hungers for more because she takes all of and that's that's why that southern area is so the the shadows are what the deepest there, I think is what it's called. Well she only agrees to do stuff for him or with him mm-hmm. if he if if he will give her what she wants exactly. and he's like whatever Yeah, okay, I'll do that, whatever, <laughs> lying. Like he's not gonna actually do that. Also in this time it's important to note that Melkor takes a form that he will Keep oh, yeah, staying that's right, yeah. for you know for the foreseeable future. That is a three foot tall, bright green pony. <laughs> no, <laughs> it even that like, is references it in the line. Like it a, says, like this is the yeah, future the, form. This is this is his form that he'll stay in, and it's he's like a tall, dark lord and menacing looking and dark and tall and dark and, lo- and lord like. <laughs> I just, I mean, my brain went to amalgamation of like. Sauron from Lord of the Rings and um, Gwyn from Dark Souls, which no one knows what that looks like. <laughs> so, so yeah, so they set out, and meanwhile, this nice little festival is happening. Nice little festival. He's like, Ma- Manway is like, let's make this the greatest feast ever. Well, and also, like, at this point, like, Feanor comes to town. He's like... Yeah, Feanor even comes. He's like, hey, brother. Mm-hmm. We're Feanor- back! <laughs> yeah, Feanor comes, but... Family love Feanor. <laughs> but nobody else from Formanos comes, just yeah. just to Feanor. But yeah, so, yeah, Feanor talks to uh, Fingolfin Fingol- again. Yeah. And, like, they, like, patch things up, and Fingolfin's like, you're my half-brother by blood, but my full brother by soul, and... Mm-hmm. What you say, I will do. So, yeah, like, like, I will follow you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're actually kind of like recrowning Feanor. Right. Um, Big old love fest yes. party. So, so we've just had, yeah, we've just had this reconciliation between the brothers, um, two of them at least. And then and, the most metal yeah. oh, well, stuff well, happens. I mean, one other note though, he says, like, okay, Feanor, what you do, I will follow. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this little bit of foreshadowing where he's like, you don't know how important that's going to be. Yeah, it's like it's like they they don't whoops they don't understand the importance of their words or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's uh. Da, 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 da. Little oh, okay, they so, know. Um, yeah. Feanor, yeah, I hear thee said Feanor, so be it. But they did not know the meaning that their words would bear. Yes. So, uh, we we have to keep this moment in mind <laughs> because clearly Tolkien wants us to. Um, so yeah, at this moment when, uh, we should all be happy and rejoicing and all this good stuff because there's festival happening, then in come Melkor and Uncle With this crazy spider <laughs> just blistering down, like, the fields mm-hmm. towards the two, like, the, the, the trees that give off all the light yeah. and start... I can just see, decimating them. I can see the darkness of the coming of Melkor. He is trampling out the Valinor. We're, no, wait. He's, you were on a roll he's, there. He's trampling out the city, and the fields of Valinor with Thungoliant. He's coming and bring darkness to the land. The evil's marching on. This was the part I had to I read. I have to applaud that um. because that was beautiful. But yeah, um, really bad, 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 bad happens. This is the part I just have to read because I just was reading going, what am I reading? Mm-hmm. And it's the part where uh, Melkor and mm-hmm. take like start taking out the trees. And then it's, it's uh, then the unlight of Ungoliant rose up even to the roots of the trees 
and Melkor sprang upon the mound, and with his black spear he smote each tree to its core, wounded them deep, and their sap poured forth as it were their blood, and was spilled upon the ground, but Ungoliant <laughs> sucked it up, and going then from tree to tree, she set her black beak, there's a beak, to their wounds till they were drained, and the poison of death that was in her went into their tissues and withered them, root, branch, and leaf, and they died. And still she thirsted, and going to the wells of Varda, she drank them dry. But Angulion belched forth black vapors, and she drank and swelled to shape so vast and hideous that Melkor was afraid. Right? This was so crazy that Melkor was like, all right, I think I've gone too far. <laughs> right? Yeah, you, you, you know it's bad when even Melkor is afraid. Yeah. Like, I, just, I just imagine this playing with, like, either Gregorian chants in the background playing <laughs> or uh, those that heavy metal band I like so much. They only like, like a few songs from them. Like, uh, uh, what are they called? Like, Dragon Spell or something like that. <laughs> oh, God. I mean... Or... Chase, if this was a movie you would film, you'd probably end up with um, Don't Fear the Reaper. That's too easy. Okay, more more <laughs> likely, though, it would be a Howard Shore score, though. So, a Shore score? See. A Shore score. Down, Howard down, 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 down. Actually, I want a John Carpenter score. <laughs> so... Okay, so yeah, uh, really, Dragon Force, really horrible. <laughs> I'm doing hundred music. You need to talk over me. Okay, anyway, I'll stop. <laughs> this is this is really bad, guys. Uh, well, clearly, this is really bad because remember the I mean the two trees are the light. Well, and that, like that light the world, and they also like didn't seek out to do like physical damage. It was it was psychological damage. You yeah, know, this is. It was a little bit too much because even Melkor was yeah. tripping after that. <laughs> well, like specifically, they like attacked the trees, mm-hmm. and then this period of darkness that comes next. They're like, "This is the darkest darkness that has ever darkened the dark." Right, and it's like I, I liked uh, the phrasing that he used. He said, "No song or tale could contain all the grief and terror then that befell. Yeah. The light failed, but the darkness that followed was more than loss of light. It was like a darkness that permeates and like." pushes itself forth. Um, it's like the soul of the Valinar, Valar the Val- was like destroyed. Right. Like that's how deep it was. Well, the the trees were like, you know, the soul of the beginning of the yeah. world. This is basically the scene in Wreck-It Ralph where Ralph destroys Vanellope's car. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I've seen it. I know. <laughs> um, Warning. <laughs> yes. So, and we kind of just like leave off there and that's like okay well it's yeah it's i mean it but does it, but just it's, like flat out in but it's a it's a really very somber ending though because it's the, the world is filled with darkness and silence and there's no song and remember song is really important and sound is really important and well, there's and, nothing and orme and tolkis did go after them yes but yeah. they were blinded they were, by the confusion like and, they couldn't they were, focus. and by the fog of ungoliant because remember she had like belched this <laughs> yeah dense fog grossness so yeah so really uh, really bad Extracting what we know from these chapters, Chase, what what is the state of the world right now? This. 
He's playing a commercial. God damn it, that didn't work at all. <laughs> uh, the state of the world is darkness. Yep. Hold so, on a second. Okay. State of the world is it. darkness and silence and... Yeah, you should play the darkness song from... Uh, no, could you play? Could you please play Batman's Darkness song for the Lego Movie? Uh, <laughs> no parents. <laughs> I mean, we we make light right now, but, um, but really, this is. Yes, we, we, this is. Sorry. <laughs> we make light of the darkness. No. It's gone off the rails. I'm sorry. Okay, so <laughs> We're yeah. going back. We're going back. Sorry. Uh, there's like pure darkness. Now, what what do we need as the antidote to darkness? <clears throat> light. Yeah, well, yes, light. So, so what have what, we established what, what that could is... could we... Yeah. Oh, the Silmarils. Yeah. And they were brighter, dun, dun. too, weren't they? So... So what have we also established? <laughs> I just had this image of them like, like when Feanor made the Silmarils, and it's like... Oh, they're brighter. It's like something that's like, and it's like the entire like something the world gets slightly brighter. <laughs> he puts on some sunglasses. <laughs> Text deal with it appear. You just. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, you're fine. It's just, you're very emphatic. <laughs> so yes. Uh, so yes, people are going to want the Silmarils. So what else do we know about the Silmarils? Uh, they're living. Uh, Feanor, they're very strong. Feanor they're... has a grasp on them tighter than Warren Beatty has a grasp on the rights to yeah. Tracy. <laughs> well, true. Fe- Feanor has become very, very greedy about his precious Silmarils. So what do we also have foreshadowed about? Oh, so th- so everyone else is going to be like, hey, Feanor, we need those. And Feanor's going to be like, no, those are mine. <laughs> yes, basically. All right, all right. <laughs> Feanor is a petulant child. And then somewhere in this, men are going to wake up, I guess. Seems like they're never going to wake up now. <laughs> I keep I keep referencing it every time that men are going to wake up. At some point, when, when the men do wake up, Chase is going to be really excited. Yes. He's going to be like, I knew it! <laughs> well, this just tells they'll, me the chapters. It doesn't tell me when they wake up. They so. will. They'll come eventually. Don't worry. They'll wake up. Don't It'll be a chapter just called, Of Men. <laughs> and Chase will be like, hey! There we go. I knew it! Um, so, so yeah, these were some, this is some, some, some pretty deep stuff. Some pretty scary stuff happened, uh, in these two chapters. Um, I, my favorite segment from these chapters, I really loved the, uh, the description of the Silmarils. Um, dense. Cause it's, yeah, it was dense and like, you know, it's, the, the, Tolkien takes a lot of time when, when we're supposed to really take note of something. I mean, there's a lot of description in Tolkien's writing, and that's why a lot of people uh, <laughs> don't get through it, <laughs> because uh, it's dense, well, and there's a lot of description. But he, he really takes extra time to make really spectacular things really spectacular and make us take note of them. And I think that's certainly true with the description of the Silmarils. Whenever anything's really important, he's kind of making sure you know why it's important. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Uh, etymology. The word is said to contain... Silima, the substance they were made from, as well as an element from brightness, rill. They mean radiance of pure light. It might contain the, the ending relay, brilliance. The proper quenuform, plural form is Silmarilli. Silmarilli is being an anglicized name. Yep. Question. 
are they radioactive? <laughs> like the start of like 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 nuclear power in in Hell Earth that would last forever. What if if we found the Summerells and threw it in a nuclear reactor? We finally achieve nuclear fusion. What happens when Godzilla eats a Summerell? And that's just the questions I'm asking. So that not, should never happen. Not that I would like qualify this as a favorite part because I'm not that dark. But the part that, like, literally the part that has stuck with me, the strongest image that has stuck with me from when I read this book when I was 15 or 14, uh, was of a giant spider, like, eating the trees. And, like, uh, yeah. Like, well, actually, specifically of a giant spider injecting poison into the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was really, yeah, it's a very powerful image, and it definitely does stick with you. Oh, that's my favorite thing from this chap, like, this section as well. Mm-hmm. That and the fact that Melkor is like, whoa, what have I done? <laughs> like, yeah, again, that's the, that's, that's... Easily, if we see that Melkor is freaked out by something, like yeah, we should we should be trembling in fear. I know this has just been like John's pop culture episode, but this is like when um, Anakin, like spoiler, kills Padme, and he's like, oh, well, I guess I've gone. Guess full I'm evil. evil now. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, well, I I, I yeah, can't but, believe I did this, so I might as well just live with it. But he doesn't really. That's well, that's true. Yeah, when he finds out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm thinking of that scene in Revenge of the Sith now where they're putting back together. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no! Yeah. Oh, the theater laughed at that part. Oh, I couldn't believe Lord. it. But yeah, uh, the world is pitched into darkness and can we even say unlight? The unlight of Ungoliant. Uh, but but somewhere, somewhere... The bearable unlightness of being... We have we have the Silmarils at least if Fanor will give them up in an iron vault <laughs> in a mountain. The next chapter is actually a heist movie. <laughs> oh, like we're the next chapter is the Fingolfin and <laughs> <laughs> we're Fingolfin and uh, Fenarfin, Cal- whatever Fenarfin yeah. go after it. Yeah, with Finarfin. other weird uh, come, near names. Come to think of it, it's like, man, I was Finar for that stick last night, and I regret <laughs> it this morning. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> I'm John. I'm Katie. I'm not as confused. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tolkien Talk. <laughs>